everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head. And I'm Dane, the tarnished head. Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games, where we discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you all, and even play some games sometimes. Tarnished. Foul tarnished. (laughs) What are we discussing today? We are live from the lands between. It's two HGM. We're doing, talking. We're talking Elden Ring. We're people. doing bits. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna be talking about Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a little over a year. We've both beaten it. Brag. And, uh, Humble brag. We've yeah. beat some Elden Ring. But only one of us beat Melania. Yeah. Ooh. I don't have the fucking patience for that. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so, uh, new DLC was announced or teased or whatever, mm-hmm. um, so we think it's about time. Yeah. We, um, uh, we talked about discussing this for a while, but it, it kind of just rode the back burner while we did some other stuff, and, I don't know, we just, uh, we're working on some new episodes, and we're like, we never talked about that, let's get back to it, because Elden Ring was... I would call it a phenomenon. Like, it came not out of nowhere, but, like, with a lot of hype, it came into the, you know, into the pop culture mm-hmm. space, and it lived up to hype I in a even way. Surpassed. Yeah. In a way that, like, modern AAA gaming often does not. A lot of video games, you know, they kind of flop or just, like, mm-hmm. when they... Gross. When they hit their launch date. <laughs> um, but Elden Ring did none of those things, aside from some connectivity issues that I didn't deal with, because I played it solo. I didn't Yeah. I didn't have any ghosts or anything in my fucking lands between. I was all by my onesie. Um, Elden Ring showed up and kicked ass, and those couple years of, like, the hype cycle were, turns out, like, well-deserved. Mm-hmm. If anything, undersold. Nobody knew how fucking big that game was going to be. Yeah. And that it was almost all a slam dunk. So, without further ado, uh, we will be talking, well, some, yeah. So, we're going to talk about the game's history for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not too much, because, like, you can just go read the wiki for yourself, right? Yeah. Um, talk about the veiled story aspect, mm-hmm. freedom to explore, character creation process, and then we wrap up with the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So these are just some things they're going to kind of like guide us through. We just wanted to talk about Elden mm-hmm. Ring. So, uh, yeah, game's first history, thing, right? let's talk about the game's history. So a Souls game mm-hmm. for you guys who are hiding under a rock or whatever. Yeah. The Souls-like genre comes from Demon Souls and the Dark Souls series. And that the From Software Studio actually did some stuff before that. That is much less well known, but there's a you know, there's there's a lot of legacy mm-hmm. to this studio and them making these games, and they've inspired basically a whole genre. Mm-hmm. And it's all about uh, you know, building kind of the character you want with the with the abilities, weapons, armor, whatever the stats. Like there there's a heavy like action role playing element where stats and gear choices mm-hmm. play a huge role in how your character behaves and you know, does against enemies. Mm-hmm. And then you die a lot. Yeah. And it's weird. It's a weird combination between uh, roguelike stuff where like you have a run and you're going to die, but like that's how you get stronger. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of that, <clears throat> but also it's more uh, like the world resets, the NPCs respawn, enemies respawn, mm-hmm. but like you have souls and you lose souls, so you get less powerful the more you die. But mm-hmm. that's part of the game. Yeah, and learning. Uh, so yeah, learning. there's two sort yes. of currencies, and all the souls-like games mm. are kind of defined by this. Like you are in a difficult game environment, you fight bad guys. As you win, you accrue a currency of some sort. You spend that to get stronger. Mm-hmm. But if you die, you lose it, and you have like one chance usually depending right. on different games, but in Elden Ring and mm. the Souls series, you have one chance to go get those souls back or they're just lost. Gone forever. Um, right. So, like, unlike a roguelike, it is a dynamic world where, like, you make a choice as a character in a conversation, that choice is going to come back later and be like, well, you did this thing. Yeah. Um, 
You know, also lots of NPC deaths. Um, sometimes NPCs become enemies. Yeah. Um, and you got to kill them. Yep. Um, sometimes you can save NPCs or not save them. You know, so yeah, pretty mm-hmm. cool. Have to uh, find them, like you talk to them, mm-hmm. and this is, I guess, like I've I've never played another Souls thing. The closest that is true thing to this genre that I've ever played is Hollow Knight, um, which is kind of Soulsy, but uh, you know, is a completely different presentation. Um, more like uh, more like Castle Crashers, like a two D side scrolling, mm-hmm. not really side scrolling, a Metroid style two D. You know, climb around a maze world, whatever. Anyway, yeah. So I think I mean it was. This was also my first entry um, into this type of game, and I think no wonder it's it's so popular because I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't think I enjoyed it enough to like go back and play like Dark Souls I series. I didn't either. Um, um, talking to those ones just didn't really grip it. me either. Yeah, and like I know they have some kinks uh, yeah. mechanics wise that Elden Ring didn't suffer from. Um, but, so I just, I think the gameplay is really interesting, but what brought me to Elden Ring was the the story, well, the world, but, like, the story. Mm-hmm. So, you want to talk about story? Let's, yeah, let's get into this. So, there was a, there was a big, like, selling point at the beginning of the hype cycle that um, From Software had teamed up with George R. R. Martin, and George R. R. Martin was going to be, like, writing the... Um, he was going to be doing like the world building and the the broad story structure for Elden Ring. I don't know how excited that made everybody. Did that do anything for you? Uh, it made me remember Elden Ring was a thing. Okay. Like when people would be like, "Oh, Elden Ring." So marketing wise, it then, did do yes, its job. It did do its job. For okay. Me. Yeah, I would say for me the same thing. I have been a fan of the Song of Ice and Fire. For a long time, I was briefly a fan of the Game of Thrones show. It lasted yeah. three or four seasons. Way less than yeah. most people. The show, you know, that's not something we're going to get into. But that also has nothing really to do with the person of George R. R. Martin as a fantasy writer. I like his written work a lot. Um, not just Song of Ice and Fire. Tried a couple of his... Fever Dream was cool. Fever Dream was dope. Uh, that's a, like... Um, Civil War era American vampire story. Vampire. Pretty cool. On uh, riverboats. So, you know, if you like that sort of... Um, <laughs> Fantasy story. Fucking, yeah. He, he's written a lot. He didn't really get famous um, till the mid, mid-2000s when the Song of Ice and Fire series started to blow up, but he's yeah. been writing since mm. the 90s. Maybe longer. He's old. But he's... <laughs> whatever. Anywho, I like the guy's writing. Yeah. But when I heard that um, he was going to be writing the bones for what would become Elden Ring, this new fantasy video game, I was like, eh, I bet the guy's never fucking touched a video game <laughs> like this in his life. He has no idea what it is. He's probably going to write, like, a world-building outline, and then the rest of the team is going to take it from there. But it did just, like make me remember that it was happening. Yeah. Because having never played a Souls series mm-hmm. anything before, I wasn't following the hype cycle until a couple weeks before the game came out. Um, but it did just, like, keep it on my mind. So, so I think... Martin had yeah. something to do with it. He had some stuff He to do. He wrote some rich, uh, like, groundwork in the world building. He designed the idea of this world, this... Uh, you know, this fantasy world where some cosmic outer entities have come to it and set it in motion to be the thing that it is. So, however it got done, it was a very, very rich mm-hmm. uh, world and had a very rich storyline going. Hell yeah, dude. Um, I mean, I don't know how much we want to get in for, like, spoilers. It's also been a year. So I, I feel yourself, like it's but... been a year. So we could just say right now, hey, mm-hmm. uh, spoilers for Elden Ring from here on out. Um, and if you're a diehard fan of this podcast, but you haven't Elden Ringed and you care about spoilers, that's probably a pretty narrow slice of that's a thin the, diagram. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would imagine so. Pause this episode. 
put it in your listen to later, you know, thing and thing, and then go play Elden Ring and then come back. Then come back in a hundred hours, and because yeah. it's gonna take you a good hundred hours to play Elden Ring. Oh boy, it'll it'll eat your time. So what I liked about the story, okay, right from a role playing perspective, mm-hmm. is it's you know at first it's like a simple task. Well, you gotta bring the world back together. Mm-hmm. We need an Elden Lord. The world's ripped its part. Of the, the lands in between have ripped themselves apart mm-hmm. because there isn't an Elden Lord. So just go put the ring back together, and you're done. And some, yeah, someone has to put the ring back together and become the Elden Lord. Nobody's sitting on this throne, so the world is a mess. There's like, um, like the runes of destined death. Like death has no hold on the lands between anymore, which is a cool story way where. To explain why every time you rest at a checkpoint, everybody comes back Mm -hmm. is because, you know, all this undead have risen and all the people who are just, who are kind of just people, they, you know, they just like start over every night because death has been broken. Right. So like, yeah, it starts as a very simple thing. Right. And then you do a couple things, you beat the first boss and then you realize, oh, well, I can't move forward without doing this thing Mm -hmm. so like then you got to backtrack a little bit so like it just keeps getting added on to yeah it's a that sort of trope well like you know for example lord of the rings yeah take the ring to rivendell frodo yeah and you're done yeah he's like get it out of the shire it's not safe here there's there's big shots more important people Mm -hmm. you just gotta like get it to them because we gotta keep it secret just get to rivendell and then you get there and you're like great so the Shire's not really in danger anymore. Spoiler alert, it is. <laughs> but uh, you know, we're not going to deal with that later. Um, th- it's not over. Right. You have to... Like, then it turns out it's actually... Yeah, it's way more complicated. And Saruman has betrayed us. And the Nine aren't dead. They're going to come back. All that you know, type of shit. Elden Ring does the same thing where you know the story starts to split and spiral off in different directions. And you're like, you can't, you know, move forward until you defeat this guy. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not ready to defeat this guy. How are you going to, you know, do that? And then you talk to this other person and this whole other thing opens up. And while it's doing that, the game world is also physically opening up Mm -hmm. in a way where, like, nobody knew before this came out how fucking big it was going to be. Some might even say too big. <laughs> but Some um, might. It was huge. Yeah, and it was gigantic. And so some like, parts not were only you know, are more you... densely populated than others, yeah. whatever. But So not only are you unlocking like new huge areas in the map, but you're also unlocking new bits of the story. Mm-hmm. New people to talk like, to. Like, you know, you learn that the, a meteor came and stopped the stars. Yeah. Right? And, like, that's whole all Rodan's thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, you got to go kill the Star-Lord, mm-hmm. get the stars back up again, so that way you can enter the the underground crater? The, the Estelle. Whatever. Yeah. You have to... Well, so you, I don't think you know that's going to happen, because Rodan is an optional boss right, to yeah. the main story. Mm-hmm. But if you do fight well, Rodan, that's what I mean. who it's just like, wants to die. Right. You hear about this great battle yeah. and like the tournament, guy, the like, festival, the, tournament, the festival of Rodan. Right. So you go there and like you learn something about the world mm-hmm. that like you might not have because he is technically optional. Yeah. And I'll say I want to put this in right now so that we can come back to it later because I think this is really interesting. Um, Elden Ring you basically only interact with the world by fighting. You talk to a few NPCs, but the um, the information that they give you is like deliberately shrouded and vague. They don't mm-hmm. tell you clearly, like, oh, go here and do this. There are weirdos out in the world, and you can talk to them, and they may or may not be varying degrees of helpful. Generally... The only way you interact with the world and the only way you progress anything is by having sword fights with stuff and killing things. And I think it's uh, it's an interesting thing that this game does really well, making it so that that works. I was never like, I was never missing a really rich like Fallout New Vegas style quest where like, 
I didn't shoot anybody. I just talked to people and used my, you know, my speech skills or my lying or intimidation or whatever. The the sort of thing that you get from like pen and paper role playing, which is what we usually talk about mm-hmm. on this show. You only interact with the world of Elden Ring by exploring and killing. Uh, I mean, uh, kind of, but there there are some things in there, like um, like Ranny's thing, mm-hmm. um, but like not doing Ranny's quest, but like her stupid sorcerer guy. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to turn. Um, yeah, and so he gives you name. yes or no things. You, know, you can say like accept a quest from him, and then if you do, then you have an item mm-hmm. that you can't do anything else with yeah. until you talk to this person, and then you can or can't. You can yes or you cannot mm-hmm. give them the potion, and then the world will be different. Yeah, based on or that like, choice. Um, but then the once dung you, eaters thing, right? But then once you prison. have control over your character again. The only thing you do is fight people. Yeah, well, isn't that any RPG? Well, is it? Like, in pen and paper gaming, that's definitely not true. I mean, yeah, sure. And in, like, but the, like you know, the, the Fallout most, series the and most stuff. The most easy thing is reaching for violence, reaching for the sword, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, Warring Kingdoms, help them out. Well, you know, let's just go kill the other guy. Yeah. And that's... Yeah, that's probably a right. Or go go it, get the you know save the princess. Go get the magical item in the dungeon. Oh, mm-hmm. the dungeon's got monsters in it. But there's also you know in those kinds of games, the Bethesda RPGs. Um, there's like stealth. There's stealing. And that's true. There's, there's no there's, there's inventory management type things. There's no stealth or stealing. Well, there's technically stealth, but like not the yeah, same way. I get yeah, what you're there's saying. there's a there's a light stealth mechanic. You can crouch and try to avoid yeah. people. But that is still, like, that's always peripheral to fighting. Mm. It's always, like, get in a fight with someone. And when you win in any, like, significant engagement, that's when the world moves forward. So I I think it's just very interesting and something that, uh, you know... All right. What about so, this? Something you... to probably think about, I guess, yeah. for like for game masters and pen and paper well, here's players. Here's an extremely Bethesda situation. Did you ever get attacked by the like rogue guy? Uh, in in Elden Ring. in Elden Ring, who rogue? Um, I forget his name. Patches. But he was a shithead. Yeah, patches. Yeah, I fought patches. Yeah, and then you let him live. I did, but only because I knew oh, to you do could. that. Oh, because. And then he's it a dick my, and he like yeah. pushes you off a cliff yeah, later. I'm like, what the to, fuck, dude? You jackass. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had never played a Souls-like before. And uh, I was talking to my friend Dexter. And he told me that if I found Patches and fought him and then let him live, he would give me the shackle that helps you fight Margit, the fell omen. The first major boss. The first gatekeeping boss. What did that that just stop him from moving? Yeah, it just like oh, that would have been helpful. It puts an immobility. Well, effect I guess I had it because I did let patches live. Yeah, so like, he gave it to you. You have to put it in your items, classic. scroll to it instead of your potion, mm-hmm. and then deploy it. Mm-hmm. And it puts a slight, it it puts like a two second mobility debuff on him, and then you can do like some jump attacks. Turns out I didn't need it because mm-hmm. because I was so afraid of fighting a major boss in this scary game, I was pretty over leveled yeah. when I fought the first like gatekeeping boss. But um, I mean that guy was a fucking ass egg, man. He was a dick. Took me forever to beat him. Anyways, okay, so yes, so yeah, generally this is uh, interesting. We're still talking about the story. Of mm-hmm. this video game. And I think it's interesting that the only real way you interact with the story, aside from yes or no questions, or yes or no, like true or false statements, whether you act or speak in a in a small dialogue menu. There's no dialogue trees like Fallout. There's no, you know, roll for a persuasion type of thing. It's just get in fights and occasionally talk mm-hmm. to people who tell you where to go to get in other fights. And then there's, like, items and gear that come out of that, but we'll talk about that stuff later when we talk mm-hmm. about character. I mean, I think you are definitely... There's no, like, charisma stats mm-hmm. or, like, you know, mental 
mental stats in like that way. There's magic, mental yeah. stats. Magic is mental. You, you do use magic damage at the expense of your physical stats yes. type of stuff. But So exploring. Yeah. Right. We kind of broached on it, but let's just get into it some more. Mm-hmm. So there is very few, and I'm just skipping ahead in the outline just to yeah, let okay. you know. Yeah. Uh, very few hard gates. Like <coughs> Margit, the first one, mm-hmm. that is... Oops. That is definitely a hard gate. Like, you can't it, move the story past... Well, you can't go into Stormvale Castle without doing that. But you That's can bypass Stormvale Castle. Can you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Yeah, if you sneak around the cliffs on the east side, you can get to Lyernia the Lakes without doing anything right. in Stormvale. Right, but you need, you need to beat him for the ring piece. I don't actually think he's you got do. the first. He's got the first great rune. Yeah, but I don't think you don't need all the great runes. You don't need all of them to win. True. I think. Um, okay, someone could easily look this yeah. up or fact check it. Um, well, but I think yeah. the point is, I don't there's think, many ways. Yes, and almost everything in the game is optional. But you do need to beat a couple bosses. There's only a handful of non-optional bosses. Most of them are in the capital because you have to do that twice. Um, yeah. To get to actually like go inside the big magic tree and fight the final boss, you have to do the capital two times, essentially. Well, you you have to do the throne room two times. Yeah. Um. But yeah, a huge amount of go wherever you want, and there are some soft level gating and some even softer skill gating. People have proven on YouTube, all kinds of ways that you can approach. You're going to be like, I'll play it this way without doing this with all kinds of wacky self-imposed restrictions and still, you know, like beat the game in irregular pathways. Mm -hmm. But the game will sometimes, sometimes you'll open a chest and it'll just teleport you somewhere. You're like, fuck, I don't know where I am. Am I anywhere near strong enough to fight these guys? You don't know until you try. And... You're, you never and, are. And you're stuck until you find another checkpoint. So, you know, <laughs> you, you have to do it that way. So exploring, you can find ways around uh, sticking points. Yeah. Um, but you also get to discover, like, some of the lore. Like, there's a bunch of dungeons that you don't even have to look at. But, like, you go in and you learn something about a dead guy and then, like, they might appear later as a boss and be like, oh, mm-hmm. I remember this yeah. name. I already fought this guy. Well, actually, you didn't. You fought a weird, like, uh, ghost projection mm-hmm. version of him. You you fought a specter of him who embodies, like, this different aspect of this right. same character. But you're like, I already did this boss fight. I know how you work. And then they do a second phase mm-hmm. that you weren't expecting. and they Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, like, it does reward you for exploration. It gives you new new equipments, mm-hmm. new Weapons, trinkets. armor, um, spells. Actually, not very much armor. Yeah. I'll say, you played a similar style to me, right? Like sword. a Yeah, s- big, big sword boy. Big sword. Um, Fuck the shield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They start you with one, and I was like, I was really reliant on my shield when I was a timid new player, and then I was like, this is just, this is just slowing me down. I kept a shield. I just learned how to I dodge. liked how it looked on my character's yeah. back. Me as well. But me I would, well. uh, I would always switch to my, to my Zweihander, double grip, whatever. Because I just learned how to dodge, and it's like, I don't need yeah. a shield. Now you don't need a shield. But it looks cool on your back. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, uh, so there real, was, there li- was a, limited choices when it comes to armor, and I think that sucks because that's the only real way to like... There's a lot of shitty like, armor. Yeah, there's a lot of garbage, and even good armor doesn't really affect mm, your stats no. significantly, as significantly as I would like it to. And if you care about like your character looking cool, and you don't have a ton of options. No. There is, and and there's a system built into it, I found this kind of baffling that you could add a side of grace when you're like camping using the checkpoint. A lot of the armor has like alternate appearances, Mm -hmm. but they weren't interesting. They were just like, oh, the cape is a little more tattered or the cape is no cape, no cape this time. (laughs) Same armor, though. And yeah, the idea of like cosmetic changes to your character while still hitting the stats that you wanted 
and the performance that you wanted in combat, mm. it uh, it didn't really give you much of that. But as far as weapons and spells, it's it's a wild buffet. Mm. And trinkets too. And yeah. trinkets actually do really help yeah. your stats. It's weird that just like armor, armor is mainly cosmetic aside from just like the basic protection and weight mm-hmm. requirement. Like you need to be, you need to be strong yeah. enough to carry certain. But there's items, so. there's so many YouTube videos of like you know people naked. Yeah, and it's like it's fine. It does not stop you from kicking ass. Uh, if you just but you want cool armor to look cool because it's a mm-hmm. you know fantasy role playing game. Uh, and so this is like an old school video game RPG. Like no map markers or journal. Mm-hmm. You got to pay attention to what they say. And if like you forget, it's then not, you might never find them again. Yeah, it's not written down in a journal. And I... But that's what the internet is That's for. what the internet is for. <laughs> I divorced myself very quickly in this game of being like, I have to figure it out or I have to play this cult. Mm-hmm. Because it does not that. help you one bit. Mm-hmm. And if you want to accomplish something and you forgot mm. what one character said as much as 50 hours ago. Like, I had no idea how to progress Ronnie's thing. And I was beating main story shit like crazy, and I was like, wait, I... And I kept going back, trying to find them. I was like, no, you have to go to this specific side of Grace, and then talk to the doll in your pocket. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> go look it up. It's crazy. Yeah. Very intricate um, storylines. I think From Software's commitment to that made exploring the world of Elden Ring mm. really fucking fun. Yeah. I love that you could just like bumble into a place that you really shouldn't be mm-hmm. and just keep getting your ass kicked before you're like, oh, mm-hmm. hold on. You can try. <laughs> but you can also, like, you can succeed through skill mm-hmm. or luck or yeah. sneakiness. Like, and the first time I got trapped, you know, trap chested, teleported to this, like, to mine, like a mine way yeah, later in the game. you've never seen before. Like, I must have spent, like, four hours. Keep in mind, this was on my first character, which I ditched, and then I didn't have any problems because I figured out how to level my character, whatever. Anyways, so I just, like, I got stuck there for four hours trying to get out. And I had accumulated a lot of runes, which is the currency for leveling mm-hmm. up. And then I accidentally, instead of getting out, I was going, I had been going further in the whole fucking time. <laughs> so I like, I got to the double doors and I'm like, oh, this is the exit. Nope, boss fight. Boss fight. Those Idiot. runes are gone. <laughs> yeah. A couple of times Elden Ring. Um, so after the first time you do it with one of those double doors and you're like, oh, there's a boss behind you, you know not to open them yeah. again. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple times where you walk past something and then it slams the like boss fog yeah. down behind you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, actually, Fuck. idiot. I was not ready for this. You don't get a choice. <laughs> and I don't know. Sometimes I enjoyed that because it, you know, mm-hmm. it really, it, it increased the sense of like danger, risk and payoff. But then sometimes like that's cheap. <laughs> you know, I had so like you runes. knew that I wouldn't yeah. have done this mm-hmm. without cashing in my runes unless you tricked me into coming here. Sometimes it's just a little shady. And because of how big the game is, some areas are just like a little more well designed than others. But overall, still a very positive gaming experience for me. Yeah. Uh, so I did talk a little bit about runes and leveling up your character. So, some character creation development. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of different play styles. We, Cosmo and I, both did the same basic mm-hmm. thing. Big sword. Yeah. Which, um, I don't know. I've, I've heard different things. I've heard that's like an easy mode, but I've also heard that's like the only true way to Elden Ring mm-hmm. or to like play a FromSoft is to do, you know, like a strength-based melee build because anything else is easy mode. Elden Ring has a magnificent suite of magic options. Two different main mm-hmm. schools of how to do magic um, and a wild array of spells and then like items, weapons, trinkets that, like, play into your spell casting. Mm-hmm. Um, I used the respec a couple times to play with spell casting and see, like... Because I had a shitload of spells. Right. You yeah. can't sell them. You can't get rid of them. Your character just has them forever mm-hmm. um, as you progress through the game. And I was like, well, I want to see what some of these do. 
so I respect made a sorcerer. I beat a couple minor bosses with it to see how it went. And I was, yeah, it's fucking fun to play as a sorcerer. And it's weird to, uh, you know, to go from this like knuckle biting uh, sword dueling to just like wasting dudes with a laser. But you're also, you know, you've put all your stats into being able to waste dudes with a laser beam or to, you know, call meteors out of the sky or whatever. So if they get to you, if they hit you, you're done. But if you're a tough sword guy, you know, you can actually like take a beating and mm-hmm. dish it out, whatever. It's it's incredible the diversity of character creation and what I was talking about earlier, this is why I wanted to plant this seed earlier, that you only interact with the game by killing, basically. And we we dissected that idea. It's not totally true. But the main way you interact with Elden Ring is by combat. It's wild, the um, diversity that they've built into that. Not just like melee weapons, you know, two-handed staff right? weapons or bows or like throwable craftable potions and bombs and shit Mm. but also like magic multiple different kinds of magic which can be blended with um other forms of combat too Mm. you can make a you know you can make a melee barbarian character who also has a ton of faith and can do these like dragon incantations and breathe fire you know yeah and you could also put like these abilities on your weapons Mm -hmm. right like you can you know have one that uh, you do like a ground pound or you shoot a rock or something. The ashes of war mechanic is the thing that I think is like really missing from Dungeons and Dragons right mm. now. And I've heard that if you want that, you should go back and play like third or fourth edition D&D. I don't have the fucking energy to <laughs> try something like that. But um, the ashes of war mechanic where you can like put an ability on your sword that lets you, you know, do a little like rush forward and lunge through multiple guys or do a ground pound that throws everyone onto their ass. And then you can go like murder them Mm -hmm. before they get up or whatever. Uh, And some of them are magical. You can do like a magical thing on your weapon that, you know, gives it lightning power for a second or whatever. And like the rich world building come back into it. Like it wasn't just like, Ooh, weapon ability. Mm -hmm. They're ashes of war. They are the ashes of a, ancient yeah. warrior who they're, did these they're a things. thing that like someone else did this is the um their essence yeah it's the legacy of another you know great warrior another claimant to the elden throne type of deal and your the the fiction is your character is like suffusing your weapon with the ashes of this hero mm-hmm. and that's how you you know gain these new abilities it's really fucking cool the way Gameplay mechanics are blended with fiction. You do have to dig for it a little bit. If you didn't care about the fiction, yeah, real easy to go through the game, and it's just a weapon upgrade. But if you actually read the item descriptions and explore that stuff, flavor text, it's yeah, it's so flavorful and so rewarding to find that stuff, even if you're never going to use it. Even like all the fucking shields have flavor text. Mm -hmm. Like this shield represents this yeah they're like they're representative of different like traits is, of knighthood and which shit. is why and they shields come are from cool different characters even at. if you're not going to use a shield but to wear a shield on your mm-hmm. back and be like i stand for this yeah it's cool it's just fucking fun so and, like any good rpg it also makes your character make choices right yep. so you have the way you interact with the world by combat mm-hmm. but like also the choices like do I kill this guy? Because, yeah. like, a lot of the NPCs, straight up murder them. Yeah. Like, they're, like, talking to you, giving them you a quest, and you're just like, no, no, I'm going to start <laughs> fighting you. And then all of them have a moveset, mm-hmm. and they will fight you back. Even um, even the NPC companion who, you know, teaches you how to do the runes and stuff. There is a choice you can make where she's like, I can no longer walk this path with you. And... It gives you a chance to say, no, no, I won't actually do this. I won't do the frenzied mm-hmm. flame madness, whatever. You also do have to really dig for that one. That's at the bottom yeah. of a very long mm-hmm. hole. <laughs> and that's why I didn't do it, actually, because I liked the idea of the frenzied flame mm-hmm. ending so much. It took me a long time to beat this game, which is why I knew about a bunch of options yeah. and endings before I'd done I'd, them. I'd seen some Because other people had done it already. Yeah. Other better players 
I was not good at yeah. this game for a long time, and I mm-hmm. I got better, but other got people better. were actually good at it. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, ooh, Frenzied Flame, and then I was like, I don't, f- this fucking platforming <laughs> I don't challenge, down I don't want to do this, this hole sucks. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, if you do that, this NPC who's just been like a ghost who helps you do your stuff, who helps you level up and whatever, she's like, ah, I can't do this anymore. And if you push the issue, uh, you might have to fight her. And um, like Sir Gideon, you have to fight him. Mm-hmm. He was uh, also an asshole. I mean, he was not very nice the whole game, but like you couldn't fight him in the round table. No. Hold. Well, I meant his fight was very, it was annoying. Oh, was it? Yeah. It only took me a couple of tries, but like, it was just like, fuck. <laughs> I hate this. Where did this come from? This fight isn't you fun. jackass, I didn't want to do this. I was on my way to like finish the game and he's mm-hmm. like, hey pal, fight me in this bedroom first. You can't oh, go forward. Oh, is that the one I'm thinking of? Uh, Sir Gideon? Yeah. I mean, he's the he's the one who's like at the table. Yeah, with the books. An asshole. Yeah. yeah, and then so after you... Um, I thought it was like the hall. So after you do the giant... Yeah. You where, said room. Yeah. But it's it's more of like an entry hall. I thought it was like... I, I thought it was a bedroom. No. No, the maybe. bedroom is the other one. You're right. Yeah. It's the like entry hall where yeah. first you fight the ghost of the first Elden Lord yeah. and then... On the second comeback. That was a fun fight. I... Or wait, are you talking about the the guy who just beats the shit out of you? Well, that's the second time you fight him. Yeah. When he's in his, like, you know, true form. But the first time you fight the, like, golden ghost of him. Yeah, I was enjoying that fight. Challenging. Um, And for, like, the level that I was at, it was, like, just right. Where I was using all my abilities and I was down to my last potion. And then I finally beat him and I was like, great, felt good. And then my game didn't save. Oh. And the next morning, I was like, that that was four hours of my life (laughs) or whatever. Gone. And I was was like, oh, no, this is going to be terrible. And my wife and my baby hadn't woken up yet. (laughs) And I was like, maybe I can do it before they wake up. And I beat him first try. Hey. So, you know, all all the lessons, like, sunk in overnight. But it was... That's also a really fun thing about the game is, like, you try, you beat your head against the wall, and Mm -hmm. then, like, all right, take a break. Like, all right, it's dinner time. I can't Mm -hmm. watch TV. And then you pick it up tomorrow, and you're like, this is easy. And then suddenly, like, I know how this goes. He does this. Easy. Dodge. And then you hit him, and you're like, that boss's health bar is a bitch health bar. I'm taking it down. (laughs) It, yeah, it is great how, like, the lessons, like, you dream the lessons mm. from that game, and then the next day, suddenly, it's working for you. Yeah. Suddenly, something that was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Mm. You're like, oh, it's happening for me now. It's, and maybe that's the experience everyone has yeah. with all the Souls-like oh. games, but uh, maybe I've never played Elden Ring, or I've never played anything but Elden Ring. Definitely digress on, like, you know, the sleep thing, because, like, I, you know, I read this book about sleep, and, like, that's the thing about and, motor yeah, skills, how and whatever, subconscious blah, 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 blah. handles problems but, that way. So, very interesting that a game like that is Well, so you get big. to experience that mm. phenomenon really, really acutely, right. playing well, a game it's like It's like, this. um... It's a it's kind of like a callback, I think, to like the the early games where it's mostly just about motor skills and timing, mm-hmm. right? That's what it is. It's not like did you grind up enough to get the big weapon that right. just like in a lot of ways, like it's like Mario sixty four, yeah. where all they did was just like for the first year of development, whatever they made it so that like running, jumping, and sliding Mario around a three D environment felt good. Mm-hmm. That's what Elden Ring is built on. Is this just like incredibly well done foundation of mm-hmm. you know roll, move, attack? Like they made that feel great. Yeah, which is like if you're gonna pick up Elden Ring after this podcast, go us. Um, and like you're struggling, want to you know it was I'm stealing it from a, a streamer, but like. The joke is that, like, oh, how do you beat this boss? Just get good, forehead. <laughs> um, but, like, that's that's what it is. You just got to you gotta put the hours in to yeah. get good at the game because, like, finding, like, the sacred armor isn't going to help you. No. And you might, yeah. You might you, need to respect or were, something. If you were new to the whole thing, you might think, like, oh, my sword sucks. Mm-hmm. Well, it might. But 
upgrading your sword is only going to incrementally increase how effective you are in combat. Unless you haven't upgraded for, you know, 50 hours, yeah. and now you're going to spend all your upgrade stones at one time. Mm. Unless that's the situation you're in, your gear is not the problem. It's practice. Yeah. And that's what the game asks you to do, is to just kind of zen out and... Dance with them. Dance with the bosses and learn. And if you find yourself getting frustrated and doing worse than you did on the last attempt, that's when it's time to take a break, have dinner, let your subconscious chew on the problem for a while, and then when you come back in the morning, you will be better at it. Yes. So, last thing to talk about is the atmosphere, Mm -hmm. right? So, which has aspects of like the story and the exploration and like your character development right so it's it's very grim and gritty yeah right it has this just um like you're clearly it it is a fantasy environment but you're clearly living in this like post apocalypse where you know some kind of mythic cosmic crime broke mm-hmm. the world and, and so, like, things are always gross. Mm-hmm. Things are always gross. Everything you meet is dangerous. There's hardly anything in the world. There's, like, there's some wildlife that will just run away from you. But that's only because you're fucking dangerous. Mm. Because you get stuff from, like, killing goats or eagles or whatever. You get the the bits from them to use as, as currency right. and crafting materials. So, like, you are not quite at the bottom of the food chain. There are a few things that run away from you. But everything else is scary everything else wants to eat you like if you don't give the dog a dog the respect it deserves dogs you could just get fucked like the dog will just kill you dogs ruin you in this game if you don't give them the respect (laughs) you gotta respect the dog gotta oh those dogs dogs are fucking rough especially in 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 Khalid yeah Khalid whatever but, yeah, so, like, everything leads to just, like, the world is ruined. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, like, sad and has this somber tone. Mm-hmm. Nobody you talk to is ever happy. Mm-hmm. They're always like, yeah, this guy stole my shit. It's always, like, the environment enforces this, too. Like, there's ruins everywhere. Because, mm-hmm. like, so everyone, destined death is broken. Yeah. The law of death is a broken thing. Everyone just kind of, like, does everything over and over again. And things come back from the dead all the time. But the castles and the, like, you know, the the ramparts of this, like, once great empire, they don't come back every day. They're, they're in ruins. They're covered in sand. They're washing away into the ocean. They got they're crumbling. thorns growing in them. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's this... If you like this sort of thing, if you like you know, grimdark fantasy, there's nothing better than this mm. to to just, like, immerse yourself into. That first area, just, like, exploring around Limgrave, it's so scary, it's so atmospheric, everything's all cloudy and drizzly and windy, and then, you know, like, you go into a cave or you go into the woods. F- fucking mm. scary. Uh, and that- yeah, so, like, everything just looks ominous and dangerous, mm-hmm. uh, which is really great for immersion, because then, like, you're like, oh, I'm trekking through this creepy swamp, and there's, like, these weird, gross things that, like, shoot things out of their lanterns, and, like, I'm a little spooked out. Let me, oh, let me talk to this person. Oh, they're looking for eyeballs? <laughs> great. You want eyeballs? I guess I'll go find yeah. you some. <laughs> Like the fucking the the servant guy who like uh, lets you into Stormvale Castle. Yeah, like, I want to murder everybody. I had to like, look. It I'm up. so yeah. sick of these people. I want to kill them. So you lose runes like when you die and you recover your runes. They're less because he fucking takes them. Oh, because he's like leeching yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> also, you could just kill him. I killed him. Um, <laughs> Kind of on a whim. Mm. Uh, when he, when you find him later, after you do some Stormvale stuff, then mm. I was like, I don't fucking like this guy. Yeah. What I was actually doing is I was projecting my 
I didn't like White Mask Vale or mm-hmm. Vale or whatever because mm-hmm. he's just rude to you yeah. when he meets him when you meet him. So I didn't I didn't kill him because he meets you when you first right. come out of like the intro area and then he's like, oh, Tarnish, go die in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> Fuck you, dick. I didn't kill him then because I wasn't sure what the deal was. Right, like you might have gotten yeah. your ass kicked. Um, but when I found him later in Laernia of the Lakes, I killed him because I like I walked into the turtle church and Mm -hmm. i talked to the turtle guy and he was nice but i didn't really understand what he offered me so i just left and then white mask was there and he said something rude (laughs) so i was like i'm sick of you and i killed him. that's enough out of you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and I didn't feel like that was a weird thing. Sometimes, you know, you get a little out of character playing a game like Fallout, and you're just like, eh, I'm going to shoot this guy. Mm. And then, like, oh, the town's a little mad at you. Whatever, I'll just run away. I'll leave. Come yeah. Um, but I didn't feel out of character murdering an NPC in Elden Ring, because half the time you talk to anybody, they're like, oh, foul tarnished. You're unworthy. Give me your runes yeah. or whatever. And then they try and kill you. So, like, it's just a world, it kind of reminds me like The Road or The Book of Eli, where, you know, everyone's weirdly surviving, and you can't fucking trust a single thing about anybody else, because everyone's up to something eldritch or arcane, Mm -hmm. and... They got their own scheme going. Yeah. And they see you as, like, an obstacle or, you know, whatever... And then sometimes you get some straightforward, like the Volcano Manor stuff, where it's straightforward, just like, go kill this person. We're bad guys. And you're hunting down other Tarnished, because some Tarnished serve the light of grace, and some Tarnished don't. I wouldn't say that's totally straightforward, because then you find out they're like, well, the the daughter or whatever, she's like a lizard person, and it's creepy. (laughs) I didn't get as far as that. Mm. I couldn't find her again. I was nice to her the first couple times we talked. Mm. And then I never found her in, like, snake form later. <laughs> but uh, but I killed Rykard, and I killed everyone else in, that I could find in that castle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they fucking try to feed you to a snake. Yeah, after I did all this work for them. But I was down with Ronnie's thing, where, like, I don't like this... Uh-huh. The, the, the golden oh, order, man. I didn't trust it. Mm-hmm. So I was down when they were like, listen, yeah, Lord of Blasphemy type shit. We're not down with that. There are other Tarnished who serve the Golden Order, and you need to kill them. And I was like, fuck yeah. And then they then they turn on you like dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, that so, yeah, in, yeah. In, in, emblematic of the, um, the atmosphere achieved by this pretty kick-ass video game. Do we want to say anything before we wrap up about like how this has made us? How, how, is there any way you can oh, think to okay. tie it back to what this podcast is usually about and our kind sure. of main hobby? Like video games, yeah. And mm. probably we spend more hours video gaming than we actually spend pen and paper role playing because yeah. of scheduling. But pen and paper is still you know, kind of the main hobby and certainly the main topic of this show. So can you think of anything before we sign off, I guess, about tying this back? Did you have one? I didn't really. There's, there's a couple things that I think are just good, good advice, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Allow exploration. Try not to like box players in. This requires either like terrific writing and prep on the game master part, or just like be willing to roll with it and improvise. Yeah. Um, But when you do that, like when a player comes at you with something, it's like, what if I go over here? What if I say this? Is there this here? That's my favorite one. Mm. Like uh, when we're playing on Saturday and Puddle asked, do any of them have more cowboy stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, when players are like I loot the bodies what do I find well ugh, fuck I didn't make a list of yeah. everything they found also like, what are you a, looking yeah. for <laughs> when players tell you what they're looking for and then they try and find it mm-hmm. I love that reward exploration reward you know that's sort of a, a tenant I guess that you could bring from this but um, mm-hmm. as far as anything specific 
to Elden Ring. I don't have a great um, way to tie any of it back to pen and paper. Yeah, I mean, I think the easiest stuff would be storytelling, like, you know, veiled, ambiguous mm -hmm. quests that are like, go do this thing. Leave well, yourself, why? yeah, leave yourself a lot of exits, yeah. I guess, or a um, lot of, leave yourself a lot of, like, loose threads because you mm -hmm. don't have to tie everything up and you can always pick one up and attach it to something. Yeah. Because, like, the mechanics of the game don't really lend itself well to a tabletop, right? Yeah. You know, dying all the time, that's weird. Not saying that it doesn't exist. I'm sure there's a role-playing game mm -hmm. like that. You know, like a... Um, but if you're trying to simulate, like, the Souls-like experience mm -hmm. in video games, there are official yeah. pen and paper products that try and do that, so... Yeah, uh, I mean, the loots thing but like you know everybody's always asking to loot the bodies and then it's like what do you just give yeah. them trash what are you looking for i would say uh well so certainly dungeons and dragons has a problem with cool loot because like there is not a lot of difference between swords and other melee yeah. weapons which is very similar weapons. to to elden ring yeah so i don't think elden ring broke the Broke the mold in that aspect because we you know, no, talked about. There's there's more to shit in Elden Ring than there is to D and D because everything has you know a light and a heavy and then they have you know combo animations and stuff and animation well, actually does speak to behavior. Yeah, whether obviously. whether it's like a thrusting or a slashing or a smashing. Right, but in tabletop, there's no animations. Right, right. So just on like stats of weapons, yeah, like, it doesn't really matter. Um, in Elden Ring, it just matters your play style. Mm -hmm. um, and like armor always, you know, it's pretty much the same. I'll say, okay. So um, I don't think loot in Elden Ring is something yeah, you want to emulate. I don't, I don't think that's the answer. I will say maybe, um, maybe the map, the, the map, the focus on exploration and, um, so, like, if you could give your players a map, mm -hmm. that's fucking cool. If you give your players a map and you know some of the stuff that's on it, but they don't, they're just like, mm -hmm. what if I go to these hills? What's this cave? And you know what's there, but you let them, you let them mm -hmm. choose, you know? That's fucking cool. So I think, yeah, I think map and exploration, uh, I think it's cool to, like, end up in a place you don't belong. In a role playing, yeah, in a yeah. tabletop role playing game, it's a little bit harder because, like, I think that's cool when it happens, but the just like in my experience, the instinct is to just we can take it. Yeah, it's no problem. Players, yeah, players will always be like we can take it, and because there is no mm. respawn function like a video game, then you got to decide like, am I going to pull yeah. my punches or am I going to like honestly punish them? So I think clear signposting, being like. Yeah. Give some clear clues and just maybe just straight up say, I don't think you guys are ready for this. Yeah. And then if they still push through, then let them do that and die. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them. Um, I would say maybe this is a good answer. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Uh, the atmosphere clues uh, that Elden Ring does, everything feeds into the atmosphere. Yeah. Now, it feeds into, a like, a grim, dark atmosphere, which mm -hmm. maybe isn't your role-playing atmosphere. No. But, but uh, think about that. The way things are described, the way you narrate a scene, and, like, the trees, and the light in the forest, like, is it like trees, a... Trees is a great one. Is it frolicking yeah, in the meadow? Let's, let's, let's focus on that. Like, is it, you know, is it nice, like a mm -hmm. summer day in the park? Describe yeah. how are you describing the trees? Or are the trees like you know twisted, twisted and are their fucking branches sharp and curling, feel like they're leaning in towards you. Being strangled by moss yeah. and blocking other out stuff. the sun yeah. or is like sun playing mm. playfully in the delightful green leaves. Description, atmosphere. Right. And like consistency as far as that lead goes. Lead that into the NPCs. Like are they using happy words? Or are they using, like, sad words? Mm -hmm. um, you know, depending on your atmosphere. But, like, so everything leads into the total atmosphere. Everything has an effect from descriptions of scenery yeah. to, like, NPC actions, words, enemy actions, enemies, appearances. Mm -hmm. You know. So I think 
Elden Ring does that very well, where it's very uniform and leading towards making you feel a certain way, I mean. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the only other thing I would say is, like, while I was playing Elden Ring, uh, it helped, well, like, it, it got me real fantasy-pilled. And because of how immersive and rewarding and interesting I found the Elden Ring experience, it got me hyped up to be creative, I guess. So if you're at all interested in fantasy anything or pen and paper role-playing or whatever, um, some general good advice is to just, like, consume good media. If you, mm-hmm. you know, like, watch cool movies, watch cool shows, watch stuff in the read genre. Cool yeah, read cool books. Do stuff in the genre that you're running games in or playing games in. Do stuff that's outside. You know, watch some Star Trek. Get some ideas that you could reskin into fantasy mm-hmm. or whatever. Consume good media to inform, you know, your right. your role-playing hobby. Elden Ring is one of the best examples of that, where if you do it, you're going to have so many fucking ideas. And you're going to be like, I want to draw maps. I want to create yeah. characters. I want to run games. Or I want to play in games. I want to play as different characters. Use use good media to get yourself fired up and, like, fuck, Elden Ring fires you up so good. It does. Because it does a good job. Um... So, I think that that's those are pretty good answers to your question. Um, let's wrap up, yeah. right? So we talked about the game's history, Elden mm-hmm. Ring. It's a Souls game. It's kind of its own genre now. Yeah. Um, and Elden Ring is the uh, a definitive, like next step in that genre mm-hmm. because never before has it been so open world and yeah. with so much player freedom. Right, very dynamic worlds. Rich story building, mm-hmm. uh, player gets to change things in the story, multiple different endings mm-hmm. based on how they play the game and the choices they've made. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of freedom to explore. Incredible f- freedom to explore and all freedom, all exploration is like always rewarded. Mm-hmm. You're going to be getting in cool fights. You're going to see new bad guys. You're going to find new places. And if you story beat beats, them, yeah. then you're going to get stuff. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk to people. You're going to get a new sword, whatever. Um, It rewards you for playing it in a really fucking satisfying way. Maybe that's the pen Mm. and paper lead in. Okay. Properly reward uh, participation. Participation, yes. Do what the game is asking you to do. You get Mm. good stuff out of it. Whatever that reward system looks like in whatever pen and paper system you're playing, Mm. buy into it. Doesn't necessarily have to be loot either. Doesn't, Could be like something goes right in the world that they the players yeah, were trying something to goes right have in the this world. happen. They learn something right. new that helps whatever. them do whatever, yeah. right? But yeah, Stuff like that. Rewarding exploration, which is essentially just participation. Mm-hmm. Positive reinforcement of participation. That's what Elden Ring fucking does. Yeah. Great. Do that in your pen and paper game. Hey, got it. it There's home. a sound bite. Uh, and then character freedom of character the same way you have freedom to explore you have freedom in the beginning to create your character and then to make choices about who Mm -hmm. they're going to grow into along the way it's awesome the freedom you have Um, and then we talked about the atmosphere how everything about the atmosphere reinforces all those other things and all those other things reinforce the atmosphere lead right back into the atmosphere the cohesion of the Elden Ring experience Aside from some like game design stuff, where you're like, "Oh, why is there more things in this area than this area?" It seems like maybe it could have used another year of development. I would say, like the snow area, there's a lot of emptiness, and maybe that's on purpose. Yeah, I mean, it is the Forbidden Lands, but uh, not who, to be confused yeah. with the, with the Forbidden Lands, the other game that we played a bunch of. Oof, yeah. Anyway. All right, we need to get out That of was Elden Ring, folks. Um, thank you for tuning in for this fun, kind of self-indulgent episode about yeah. 2HGM, of 2HGM, where we talked about just the thing we wanted to talk about, which is mostly all we do anyway. Uh, check out 2HGM.com. If you like what we do and you want some more stuff, that'll lead you right to Afterlife, our... 
original First. system mm -hmm. setting, the whole shebang. Got a book with art fully illustrated. full-length role-playing product available at DriveThruRPG. Buy the physical book, you get the PDF for free. You can also just buy the PDF, but uh, why not have both, huh? Because then you can share it with all your friends. We're not sticklers about that. Mm -hmm. You got five or ten people playing a playing in a party. It's good for everybody to have their yeah. own rule book because then maybe they're actually fucking read it. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> players don't often, but sometimes players do. Hey, uh, we also got Twitter and Patreon. Check us out on Twitter. Uh, Dane says funny stuff, and on Patreon, we want your money. Yeah. Uh, thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of the song "Pond Hill Is Finest" as the intro and outro to the show. And we'll see you next time. See you next time.